If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. <laughs> Hi, dude. Justin's got Good a lot to of see en- you. He has a lot more energy than we do, Adam. I don't know about that. I think this is all fake. It's all fake yeah. energy. Well, I, I, I need to I'm start completely pretending. completely faking it. You I know who my... has the most energy in this room? Always, always. Doug. Always, Doug. Always. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't get it. You know, we didn't. We. Well, I we... think, Doug. Doug, do you do you capture the souls of children and absorb mm. their youth? <laughs> You're on to me. <laughs> you got me. Soul he brews them in his uh, kombucha <laughs> yeah, <laughs> down in my a... basement. He like sucks the yeah. energy out of them. Like <laughs> this is life, Forrest. Let me yeah, Exactly. Did you get your coffee already, Justin? Golem. I'm missing mine. I'm you know, you had coffee this morning. I you, had dude? some this morning, but it was so early it doesn't count. Coffee at restaurants like that kind of oh dude, coffee at a re- it's like it's rarely <laughs> ever you go to a breakfast spot where like farts its way in your mouth. Yeah, it does. What? I don't know. No, they they you know what they're it's a restaurant so they mass produce it and they I don't feel like it's like the main thing. What like, do you it, mean? So does Starbucks? Starbucks mass produces way more coffee than Bill's li- coffee shop. Literally, that's, they can that's make their, full. That's Folgers. their expertise though. Yeah. It could be Folgers and we don't even know. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly. What it tastes like. Exactly. So what it's is like, yeah. what is Folgers exactly? Someone explain this to me. Uh, it's like just what do you mean? It's coffee grounds, super refined. It's not coffee, coffee grounds because you right? just mix it in hot water. Is it like uh, no, no, that's like, that's instant coffee. Yes. Yeah, instant- oh, okay. What's Fold- instant Fold- coffee? Folgers Fold- Fold- is just a brew. Yeah, right, yeah, what's what's it's instant coffee? Mm. Instant coffee is where you just mix water. Yeah. You just, yeah you How just- does that work? How do they do that? Oh God, that's something I, I would know, expect dude. you to Come know on. better than yeah. me. Do they they science it? They science it into powder exactly to add a little science to it. I you know what I would like to see a study on because we all know that. Coffee, as long as you can tolerate it, and caffeine is not an issue for you. Coffee could be is extremely healthy, full of antioxidants and all these healthy properties. I wonder if uh, taking taking coffee and turning it into instant coffee makes it worse. You know what I'm saying? Because um, it's like another step of um, processing dilutes like the nutrient maybe, value, or or maybe maybe makes the nutrients uh, you know inflammatory because of the freeze drying or whatever they do uh, to it to make it. You know what be, I mean? Could be. Hmm. That makes me want to Google a little I bit because you know, like fats, fats will do that, right? So it's, it's convenient. Like when, anytime they do these things, it's like they don't think about all that. They just think about the convenience. Convenience. Yeah. Starbucks went on a little kick for it for a while. I don't know if they still do it. You, know, I remember when they were pushing it. Right when you would uh, ring up, they like had those Vivo or whatever. Or I don't Vivo? know. They had those little those little skinny packets. Yeah, it's and like Vivo. Or do they still do it, Doug? Yeah, you look like they do. Yeah. They still do it. Mm-hmm. Have you have you tried it before? I tried it. Yeah, I tried it. It's okay. Yeah, it's not. It's bad. It just it, it just seems like it would be less healthy. But I don't it's know if like I'm being stupid. Do you know? But it, because because things change. Like if you take olive oil, mm-hmm. olive oil very healthy. Fry with olive oil, unhealthy. Yeah, high temperature Changes oxidizes it and makes it, it makes it inflammatory. It makes yeah. it a bad fat if you fry with it. Yeah, well, it's hmm. a certain temperature, right? You can cook to up up to a certain point. It's just it very you don't want to cook with with certain. We need oils a coffee like expert to kind of chime in on. You this want to co- you want to well, cook if you fry or cook with high temperatures. You want a saturated fat like like uh, lard or butter or uh, coconut oil is good at high temperatures. Saturated fats they maintain their integrity at high temperatures, hmm. but the other than the monosaturated and polyunsaturated fats. You know, talking about coffee, enough. still, you know what I uh, I learned from Tate when we had him on the show. I didn't know that. Uh, Starbucks, you know, quote unquote, burns their coffee. Oh yeah, to, so it has it taste that's the same. That's what he said. Consistency. Yeah, yeah. That's the first time I ever I ever heard that before. That uh, that they use a technique like that so that it's every- interesting. I've become more of a connoisseur of coffee now, and now I can kind of tell, like when you you can drink a coffee and you can kind of tell when oh. it's single sourced or. 
Oh yeah, Ohio. I didn't think it was a big deal before, but I can tell now. It's just like people who drink who are are into wine. If you're really into wine, uh, I mean, you become this snob where as soon as you take taste a glass, you instantly know like, oh, this wasn't done. Oh, well, so is, so here's the thing. Coffee is <laughs> well, now that it, yeah. so here's it. So when I would drink coffee in the past, it was purely to get a buzz. Like I'm just gonna here's this this liquid that contains this chemical that I want called caffeine. Mm. But then when I started learning about the health benefits of coffee. Um, it made more sense to look at the quality of the coffee, right? Because right. it can't all be the same. Yeah. Nothing's like that, right? So no. it's got to be some that are healthier than others, and some that are for better sure. for you than others, and yeah. all that, all that good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm but I hate Starbucks espresso. They make the shittiest espresso of all time. Yes, it's like I'm drinking like it, a well, burnt it's consistent, tire. like he's saying. Yeah, it's it has that that burnt kind of flavor. It's crappy. It. Yeah, uh, Pete's has way better espresso. Yeah, I'm with you on that camp. Yeah. Well, it, it matters too, like where the where the coffee bean comes from, right? It's, which is like how like why I use the analogy of wine, like where the grapes come from. Like yeah. they say that's the one of the biggest parts of. Well, yeah, Starbucks. You know, they created this whole market. You know, so we give them that, and like that. But what's happened is uh, all these little micro, uh, uh, you know, coffee companies coming out. Like it, it's that's what they're concerned with is the quality, you know, and like where they're getting it from and like all these things that like make it a little bit more healthy. And so, I don't know, I tend to venture out and look more towards those types of companies. Yeah. I mean, why? Yeah. I mean, uh, they're there. Starbucks is like Charles Shaw of Schwab of, uh, um, what's Schwab? Schwab. Not Schwab. That's the, Schwab. That's the, oh, the oh, two buck Chuck. Oh, okay. What's two buck Chuck? <laughs> I'm like, you're mispronouncing Schwab. Shaw, right? Shaw. Charles Shaw, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I had it right. He <laughs> fucked me up over there. <laughs> see, you see with wine. Schwamm. See with wine. If I'm drinking wine, it's because I'm going to get a buzz. So I don't really care. Well, that's <laughs> see. That's how you normally start drinking wine. Uh, Just like most people start wine drinking gives coffee. Me a headache. The same way that you start drinking. Yeah, but you know what? Once again, another once side. Again, there's another. Yeah, there's, there's a, one that's probably have a great me, right? get a yeah get yeah, a really good true. glass of wine. Are you into champ- wine, Adam? Yeah, I do a little bit. Really? Not, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur, you know, or somebody who. Well, I have heard that they add. There's a lot of additives that they put in, like sugars. They add to that, like uh, really change, you know, the property of the. What wine else do they put in wine that makes it? What's that thing that sometimes you see a bottle at Whole Foods and it's like doesn't contain something. Mm. Nitrates or is it nitrates? I think it's nitrates. Or is that bacon? Well, no, that's mm. bacon as well. Bacon has yeah. So bacon and wine both have nitrates. I think so. That's weird. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. Same value. I think I like. I think I like wine more now. <laughs> do do you, uh, so. I don't know. You drink wine, Adam. You don't seem like a wine guy. You seem much more like a Red Bull vodka. Kind of guy. No, 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 he no, does. No, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? I can't I mean, see you at a... spot you for a drink, dude. Red Bull vodka. Yeah. yeah I can't Speaking see. Wow. You, I can't That's see you at a call. bar. Like, I'll well, take the uh, the cab, please. The, you know. Yeah. Well, let's be take on- a let's be completely honest here. I I drink alcohol. I can count on one hand how many times I drink alcohol in the year. So it's not like I'm a drinker at all. Right. Yeah. If I were to indulge, it was it would be more likely I would take a glass of wine for sure. Mm. I mean, you got to understand it. My family. So I have sprinkle a little roofie in there. Yeah, Katrina, Katrina's dad was a you know a, a, a wine maker. So we have we always have private wine that we have that's being barreled and and kept in the family. And you know he's a he's a a, a major wine maker as far as like his talent. Like he. He uh, over right over here in Los Gatos, all of his his wine was in there. It used to be like 150 bucks a bottle. So he's, he makes really really good wine, especially his Pinot. Uh, so we've always got that around in the house. And then my my sister's uh, husband, their side of the family, they have a, a winery also. So I've got a lot of uh, wine in the family. That seems like mm. see now that seems like a business that could that we could sp- be sponsored by too. Oh. Like wine. wine, I could totally. I'm cool with that. We got no wine. problem with wine. Yeah, yeah no, no, you know absolutely. I mean? absolutely, that'd be. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty sophisticated in what we talk about. 
<laughs> I don't know. We totally hit yeah. that demographic. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know that, so much. That's true, huh? Yeah. More, yeah, more, we're like the people that buy goblet glasses. Yeah. That's like our demographic. Yeah. Try wine infused with branched in amino acids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the new thing is they infuse everything like that, you know, or find things that pair together. Bro, right. I saw, I just saw an ad, uh, not an ad, an article on bodybuilding uh, from bodybuilding.com. Where they were talking about making uh, using uh, amino acids as mixers for drinks, so you know you could buy like, you know whoever's branching amino acids pre workout drink and it tastes you know good because it's you know obviously it's engineered to taste good, and they'll take that and they'll mix it with like some vodka and soda water and boom you've got like <laughs> apple you know apple teeny you know vodka drink and oh it's got amino acids in it so uh, now so it's healthy now so now all the bros are oh, gonna good. be like yeah yeah pass me to the vodka bro. well they're yeah. ne- the new thing is with to protein. is protein. to infuse all these drinks with protein yeah, right well we were just in the we were in the liquor store it was, was like it? even starbucks got on this bandwagon yeah Star- i can't believe it yes it's like yeah. pro it's like protein is the ma- i can always say it. it's like the magic macro like yeah. oh my god i broke my leg hurry go get the protein I'm sprinkle like, it on the cream in here yeah. like what kind of protein is that you know what i mean yeah. like is it human <laughs> Because uh, I don't want it. Gross. It's yeah. funny because it, that uh, for us, because we're in fitness, so we saw the pendulum swinging first, like it, it, uh, the protein, 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 protein. And here we are trying to send a message the other direction to tell people like it's, <laughs> it's way over. Yeah. But the message is still going that direction to where it's just now getting the general population to where companies like Starbucks, Snickers, Snickers protein God. drinks now. Dude, the problem like, really? is not that we're not getting enough food yeah. you know <laughs> that's not the problem yeah. oh let's let's blanket more types of food into this food yeah. well it's just it's it re- like, no, 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 it no. reminds me of fat free because yeah. back back in the day everything that said fat free was instantly healthy so now everything that has protein in it is instantly healthy yeah no that's exactly yeah. what, mom yeah. can you buy me the gummy bears uh no honey they're These not good for you. protein oh, in but it. this one has protein mom yeah. oh and yeah. that, forget no you case. couldn't i mean you're mm. making fun of it right now but you couldn't have nailed that better i mean that's literally what's happening right now i, dude, I think i the same exact thing we call it exactly yeah. something like a hundred episodes ago yeah. we called it i told you guys i think i even bring it up i said protein will be everywhere yeah there's protein water now yeah. what there's protein cereal. i don't want macros in my water yeah there's i'm not trying to drink water you know protein calories this is stupid yeah protein water i have not seen that yep. wow yep. what yep that's crazy yep. calm the fuck down what? yeah we need to all relax <gasps> oh it's coming fast this time it's here. Oh, God. It's so loud. Oh, shit. It's the motherfucking <laughs> quaw. The eagle has landed, everyone. Quee <laughs> My voice cracked. It did. Damn it. it. Did. I'm going through puberty again. Yeah, puberty, yeah. <laughs> All right. Feels Mr. good. Mr. JBZ <laughs> is asking, is it important to keep a workout journal? Have uh, any of you ever done that? Mm. I did. I used to do that. I used to really? write down. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool, too, because I'll look at these old journals. And uh, realized that I was stronger than I am now. It's pretty uh, pretty annoying. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'll look at the old journals and, and I'll see how I progress my workouts and it helps me. Here's the thing. When I, when I exercise, especially if you're a gym rat and you love working out, sometimes it's very difficult to keep an objective mind with your workout because I'll go in sometimes knowing that today should be a light day, but then I'll feel like, fuck it, I'm going heavy today mm. and I'll push it. And then afterwards, I'll, I'll realize that I probably shouldn't have gone heavy. Um, and I, it, it, I, that could have been remedied by having a journal because I'll look at my journal and because it's in writing and I know what I need to do, it, it's a little bit more planned out. I don't keep a journal anymore, but I used to. I think it's a great idea for, especially if you're beginner to intermediate, to keep a journal because you can see what you've done the previous weeks, when you need to scale your workouts down, when you need to scale them up, 
what could have potentially caused the problem that maybe you're feeling. You can look back at your workout. And it's see. to correlate a lot of things. It's just on record. It's just there. You know, I, I mean, I'm all for the instinctive training, going in and kind of feeling it out and knowing what you need to do. But it takes a long fucking time to get to that point. Like, just, it takes years to get to that point. I mean, I have a Hello Kitty journal. Does that count? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, just the, for workouts. Uh, yeah, for, not for feelings. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, okay, so we're talking about workouts only. All right, yeah. clear. Uh, no, like I maybe in the very beginning when I was when I was just getting started, but again, like I'm living in this like environment. So for me, like. If I even look at one of my clients, like I know what they did, you know, even the last session, even like a month before that, it's just all just gets like. Oh, for clients? Yeah, but oh, the yeah, same with me that. too, though. Yeah. You know, like I, I know what I did in the last workout and, you know, so it just, I just bank it in my head. Yeah, so. but don't you, do you find, do you guys find it more difficult to train yourselves as effectively as you train your clients? Like, oh, of course. I, see, that's, yeah. that's why. Well, that's because, it would help. be an effective practice. Well, because I, I'm not, I'm not denying that. Well, let's be honest. We we know the boundaries probably better than than any of our clients do, and we know what we're we're supposed to and not supposed to do. But because that, we also tend to flirt with all of those boundaries because we know that we're always trying to push them. Hey, and see, boundary. Say like, yeah. mm, I know I'm hey, not supposed to do this, but let's see how much I can get away with. Yeah. I actually, I have never. Journal. Never in your life. Never in my life. The only time that I've ever uh, documented a workout was specifically for Instagram people and Facebook people because I get people that want to know that. I and but you don't. You, but you don't really put down your real numbers on that. You're stupid, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know those I inflate by it. No, mm. I. Uh, here's my thing. With the reason, the only reason why I don't. I, I highly recommend it. I think I could see huge value in it and. Um, I maybe I would do it just for experiment. Maybe this question will even kickstart me doing it just for shits and giggles. But the reason why I don't like to because man, <laughs> working out. <laughs> thank you for that sound effect. <laughs> whenever you hear, whenever you hear the word shits and giggles, does it, can I just? That's say what that? comes to my head. I don't that, know. I'm sorry. We'll get right back on the topic, Adam. But just, right. just that would be the creepiest fucking thing. Like if right. you go in the bathroom. That's what I mean. Like if you, like you break go in the bathroom down that turn and someone's shitting and laughing, like, I'm just like, I'm gonna wait till they leave. I'm not gonna go in that bathroom until <laughs> <laughs> <So> they're done. <laughs> <laughs> so journal. So yeah, back to my journaling. Um, for me, working out is is uh, is so much more uh, therapeutic in my my private time that uh, documenting on on a journal I find it would find it like work for me, and I don't I don't want that. I want to go to the gym and I want to put my headphones on. I want to get into this comfortable place and I want to relax. and And even though working out may not sound relaxing for most people, for me it is, man. For me, it's my. So you think journaling takes away from that? Yeah, it does. It takes away from. But see, you've been working out for so long, and you know your body so well that I I think it's okay. It's cool. Like I don't write down anymore either. But somebody's been working out for a year, it probably benefit them. Oh, I think it. No, exactly what I said was I think you. I think it's a great idea, and I I think you could totally benefit from it. And if you're somebody who just doesn't approach their workout like me, which for me, it is very much so my my happy place. Yeah. And if it's you, if it's more work and and you're trying to accomplish something and you're trying to track and figure out, like hell, I'm Mister Track. Like I'm the one out of all of us that tracks probably the most of everything. So I think it's I think it's super beneficial. He I is just the Nordic Track. And I I think there's a way to do it too, to where you don't have to do it in the middle of your workout. Like I could record afterwards, and I've done that a little bit. Well, so when I used to track when I when I used to journal my workouts, I would even put down uh, um, I would put down obviously the basics, right? What exercise, how much weight I lifted, but I would also put notes, right? I would put shoulder, my right shoulder hurt a little bit, or couldn't mm. get to depth, 
or mm-hmm. I got stuck in the middle and I would and this is I would use as much detail as I could because it would help me a lot the next time around because for example let's say I squatted uh you know 315 for 20 reps which uh, I've never done but let's just say I did <laughs> <laughs> actually I think I did I do it. I think I did do it once but anyway yeah let's say I did three 315 for 20 wet reps and underneath it I put like almost died like yeah. that was like I almost died then the next time I attempted that let's say I did it again it was very difficult but I felt like if I really had to, I could grind out another rep. That would be important to know. Like I did the same amount of reps, but the feel uh-huh. was different. You know what I'm saying? Or if I'm doing an exercise and my shoulder hurts, and the next time I do it, same weight and everything, and my shoulder doesn't hurt. This is all important information to know. Or you know, I was tired today. Or right. I, I would also put my weight. I would also write down my weight uh, each time, so I would figure out my my pound for pound strength. So I, I would go get all into it. And I did that for a little while, and I mm-hmm. kind of stopped doing it. I see this a lot in my gym. Do you see it a lot? What? I see a lot of guys carrying around guys a, a, a no, yeah a notebook yeah. and journaling. I see it, yeah, like makes me always want to peek over and help. Them you out. know what? what are you like, what are you writing over there, bro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't go there, bro. He, it goes over here. He's drawing bro. a picture <laughs> in between. He's just drawing yeah. <laughs> happy faces. <laughs> Let's be honest. I want to look smart. All right, next question, Douglas. <laughs> For shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all shit and giggle. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin X Death. Whoa. How, how do you keep your metabolism high when volume is reduced? Neat motherfucker. <laughs> hey, would you? Hey, Adam. How do you stay high while your volume is reduced? <laughs> yeah, we're tired. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, we'll stick to the subject. Your metabolism uh, doesn't slow down when your volume is reduced. He's talking about your calor- caloric burn. Your, yeah, your, yeah. Your metabolic rate. I get what he's. I get what he's asking. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how do you how do you maintain your calorie burn while you stop moving as much? Um, It's very difficult. Uh, You have to have more muscle. You have to build more muscle, and and more more muscle will burn more calories. But ultimately, if you dramatically reduce your activity with the same amount of muscle and the same you know metabolic rate, your total calorie burn is going to go down. So you have to adjust your 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 nutrition accordingly. Mm. But Adam mentioned, you know, he mentioned neat. If I reduce my workout volume, I can increase my uh, outside workout activity uh, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit to kind of make up for it. So if I'm taking, you know, ten thousand steps a day and my workouts are an hour long with thirty minutes of cardio, and I cut my thirty minutes of cardio out all of a sudden, I can bump my daily steps to maybe fifteen thousand a day or twenty thousand a day, and I'll be at the same, if not more, than I was before. So. Those are all the things you kind of you got to kind of balance out. But here's something interesting to, to note as well: working out too much will actually slow your metabolism down many times, because your body tries to adapt to the high caloric demand, and especially when you combine it with low caloric intake, your body tries to adapt by reducing its uh, its metabolic rate. And the way it does is it is it makes your it shrinks your muscles. You know, people think you burn your muscles, but in reality, it's just adapting in that direction. And so you can actually do the opposite. I've seen people increase their workouts dramatically and then uh, have to eat the same amount of calories just to stay the same you know as they were before working out less and vice versa i've seen people reduce their volume but just have a more effective muscle building type workout and then over the course of months they're eating 500 calories more a day and they're leaner than they were before so Mm. just some things to take note there's many factors that come into play here um and i just literally did this so what I'll do with somebody, and this is super common, this exact thing where I reduce somebody's uh, workout volume, um, and when I do that, uh, I do adju- I adjust their need. And the I would track somebody for a week, right? So I'll tell them, 
um, give me your steps and I want to know what we're consuming and I have them track weight or that. So I kind of figure out what homeostasis for them. Right. And so this has just happened recently. I have somebody who's, you know, a seven day a weeker, they're doing orange theory, high intensity class, this and that. And they've been on this crazy plateau for a long time. And then they hire me and I say, okay, well, this is what I want you to do for the first week after I kind of track what you've been doing. So then I say, okay, I know she's working out this much. Okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to get rid of all this high intensity training because I already know that this is a problem with her plot and why we're at a plateau. But I also know that when I cut out seven days a week of high intensity training, your amount of calories that you're burning every day is is significantly going to be different if all of a sudden you don't do that anymore. So then I just tell them to walk. So I, I would replace that with steps. So let's say this person, and, and we'll use real numbers here, you know, she was doing ten to 15,000 steps, high intensity, at least 5,000 of those steps were super high intensity in these classes. So now that I've eliminated that high intensity, I say, well, you know, now we're, going, we're in straight weight training. We got no more running in your, in your routine, no more high intensity type classes. But now I want you to step, you know, 15 to 17,000 steps a day. So I'll increase your steps by two to 5,000 steps of what you normally would do. Just by doing that uh, is enough normally to kind of cancel out. It and, offsets it. Yeah, offset it for them. And like what Sal kind of alluded to this, I actually get this uh, a lot and I'm, I, it surprises me. It's very, uh, and this is also part of, you know, experience, what's very, very unique and neat to evaluate things like this because scientifically it doesn't make sense. It make you would think that you take somebody out of the super high intensity, you you reduce that, um, and even if they just took, you know, they're only doing the same steps or a few thousand more that they would start to put on weight. But a lot of times those people um, they don't realize that they're they're also the really high stress people, and the reduction of the the high intensity and the lowering their stress levels. Uh, in, ends up benefiting their, benefiting their metabolism. Well, the, the body is balancing. It's always trying to balance adaptation signals. Yeah. And if I'm lifting weights, I'm sending a <clears throat> increased active tissue signal, right? Increased muscle, which is going to cost more calories. But if I'm also just high stress all the time, exercising all the time, and outputting all these calories all the time, and I'm reduced, and I'm eating a reduced, you know, reduced cal- caloric diet, I'm also sending the signal to become extremely uh, efficient with my calories yeah. and by efficient the body what that means is the body is going to become like a it's gonna it's, you, you're telling your body to go from a v8 to a four cylinder because if i'm driving a v8 and i'm going thousands of miles a day and if my truck had the ability or my car had the ability to adapt the signal i would be sending to the car would be hey uh we need to reduce the amount of cylinders we're using because we're burning so much gasoline but then if i was towing heavy stuff it would kind of have to fight you know what? What do we? What well, are we going to balance? What about uh, too? Like so, you guys are talking about volume, and he's he's mentioning about scaling back on the volume, and uh, you know, obviously, like we like to voice a lot of neat in more low intensity ways, but intensity is another variable that you could manipulate if you know it wasn't in your training at the time. So, like, say now I work out for a, a, a shorter period of time, but now I ramp my intensity up and I do of more course. power moves. And that's going to have the same effect where, you know, it's going to ramp my metabolism up because now I'm, you know, challenging my body in a new adaptation process. So. Well, and this is where things like Tabata and HIT became so popular. Right. Because that's exactly what that is. Tabata and HIT. Just to give the, the inverse of that, you know, you could, depending on what you're doing right now is what matters. Yeah, yeah. great. Very, very good point uh, yeah. that Justin just made. Very, very good point. I'll, I'll say this too, you know, uh, I like to tell people, unless your goal is, um, you know, some type of athletic performance, but if you're just overall want to build muscle, be mm-hmm. leaner, you know, be more fit everyday person, and you also lift weights and do cardio, 
I tell this to people all the time. Save the intensity for the weights. Okay. Yep. If you if you have to, if you're gonna use up your intensity, you know, use it on the weights and then cardio, let that be a little bit more recuperative. So I'm not saying anything bad about hit. I'm just saying if you had to pick, that's where you would want to put your intensity. Jackie Martinez is asking about her mom who has sore joints. What kind of food and exercise do you recommend? Um, so if, if she has from the sugar, yeah, well, if she has Mm. systemic kind of pain in her joints, there's a, there's a couple things. uh, First of all, so she said joints, so she's not referring to just one joint. Mm -hmm. Um, although, uh, I would, this, if it were just one joint, I would still give this answer. And that's this, um, work on the muscles that are closest to the, 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 the center of the body, work on increasing mobility stability and good proper muscle function in the hips in the shoulders and in the core and usually those will solve a lot of joint dysfunction now that being said if there's systemic inflammation many times uh they can they will notice a dramatic uh shift in their systemic inflammation just from changing their diet one of the 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 best uh, scenarios i ever see with people and it's almost always consistent is literally eliminate sugar. When I have people eliminate yeah. sugar, yep. almost I can I can pretty much count on the fact that they're going to come back to me and tell me after a week or two weeks or three weeks that they've noticed that they're way less inflamed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know how it comes out. Sometimes, sometimes I won't even notice until they go eat sugar again. Like they'll 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 stay off sugar for five six weeks or months, and they're like everything's doing great, they're feeling good, and then they go to a birthday party and they have cake, and then they, they come work out with me the next day and. They're like, oh, my back hurts or my knees hurt. And they'll ask them, well, did you eat anything different? They're like, oh, shit, you know, I had I had some birthday cake. I had some ice cream. And then they'll start paying attention that the sugar causes for them causes those uh, kind of those, that systemic, inf- you know, inflammatory effect. Um, the other things that I've noticed uh, with clients, and by the way, there's not a ton of science supporting this. A lot of this is um, observe, it's observational at this point. There are studies that show that there's inflammatory markers that are reduced in vitro and does that mean necessarily it's going to it's going to give you a better inflammatory response? Who knows? But I get a lot of positive uh, feedback from clients when they also eliminate grains, eliminate sugar, grains, uh, all processed foods, and drink more water. Those three things are like the big like. Yeah. What's your t- What's your take on supplementing with something like glucosamine or something? So glucosamine, chondroitin, um, you know, you know, there's collagen protein and things that provide the body. With uh, nutrients and things it needs to, to, you know, repair cartilage and improve synovial fluid, which is the fluid w- between joints. The studies are mixed. The studies are very, very mixed on those. Um, if you want to take a supplement that's natural, that you're going to feel an anti-inflammatory effect from, um, besides fish oil, okay, fish oil is one of them. You could take fish oil, and a lot of people notice an anti-inflammatory effect. Um, bromelain. Bromelin mm-hmm. will kicks the crap out of uh, anything yeah. I've ever used or recommended. Always, I, 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 I can, people will take bromelin. And the way you take, you have to take it on an empty stomach, by the way, for it to have its anti-inflammatory effects. Mm-hmm. Take bromelin two, three times a day on an empty stomach, and after three, four days, uh, people usually notice a pretty dramatic effect. Glucose well, and take a long time. Yeah, taking bromelin. You like, did. Yeah, it made a big difference. Huge. Yeah. They prescribe bromelin in Europe. Uh, post, um, I believe, oral and uh, nasal surgeries. Mm-hmm. They'll give them, uh, they'll actually prescribe it and people will use it for... It's just from pineapple, right? It's in, found in the, most of it's found in the core in the of core the pineapple. Of the pineapple yeah. yeah. But if you take it, if you, so bromelin is a protease enzyme. So if you eat it with food, then what ends up happening is your body uses it to break down protein. 
if you take it on an empty stomach, there's a different pathway that it travels that mm-hmm. causes it to become anti-inflammatory. Glucosamine and chondroitin, even in the studies that show it works, take like months. Like you'd have to take it for months to notice. Bromelain, you know, is within a matter of days or weeks. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Glenn BF, are you familiar with bioavailability? So he was asking this question in regards to food. Um, and I'm going to assume he's talking, uh, I, I hear this thrown around the supplement industry all the time, by the way, that they'll take something that is now, uh, heavily accepted as good for you, like vitamin, like let's say vitamin D. There's a lot of news right now saying, or a lot of, a lot of stuff is coming out saying a lot of people are, you know, deficient in vitamin D. We should all be taking vitamin D. So people start buying a lot of vitamin D and, and uh, what ends up happening is supplement companies figure out ways to sell their vitamin D. And one of the ways they do it is by telling you that their vitamin D is somehow more vi- bioavailable, you know, uh, like try my, no, try our D this one. You'll absorb yeah, this more. Sounds of. like a buzz term to me. Yes. Well, I thought it was only related to drugs at first. Now they're using, they, they use the term for uh, food. Yeah. I mean, bioavailable just means how, if I consume this nutrient, how much of it is going to be utilized by my body. So if I eat a rock, a rock <laughs> is full of minerals. Right. Rocks are chock full of minerals. Are you can absorb any but, of that. But they're not very, very bioavailable. <laughs> it's it'll kill me. It's not gonna I'm not gonna absorb any of them. Um, but you see this thrown around supplements all the time, like creatine. We all know creatine works, right? You know, go look on if you just Google best creatine supplement, I guarantee the way that they're gonna hit you with their advertising is our creatine is more bioavailable or so, more absorbed. So what do they do? Throw some enzymes in there and that's, they make a claim like they, that? Is that what they do? They, they're just using a term. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're, they'll attach a salt to it to buffer it and they'll make up something and say, oh, this will, you know. Yeah. Or pair a protein with Slow a carb. absorbing, yeah. like, yeah, capsule. Yeah, uh, when it comes to, like, protein intake, uh, this can be relatively important. Um, it, it's usually, when it, when it, in, in reference to protein intake, if you eat a lot of protein from, uh, say, rice... Uh, you your your body's limited in utilization of that protein by the limiting by limiting factors like uh like a certain es- essential amino acid. So your body can manufacture its own amino acids, but the essential amino acids it can't. That's why they're called essential. You have to get them from food. Mm-hmm. And so if I get forty grams of protein from rice or from some another plant source that's maybe not as complete, for example, and it has forty grams of protein, but it's limited by some of their essential amino acids, usually lysine. It's usually the, lysine is usually the limiting factor. Then that may mean that I may only utilize uh, you know, 30 complete grams of protein and the rest are just the, in, the individual amino acids. And my body's going to have to get it from other sources to, to utilize that protein. So that's why they'll say that you know, some protein sources are better than others. If you only eat the same food every single day, if all you ever do is you get protein from one source, this can become an issue. If you get protein sources from different, you know, areas, it's not a problem. Like if I eat beans and rice together, I've dramatically increased the bioavailability of the total amount of protein that I've eaten. Doesn't change the bioavailability of the rice protein, but the total meal has now changed, you know, things. And so protein powder companies will they'll they'll list the, the their, you know, BV rating or whatever and say ours is 100 or this has the best bioavailable, you know, protein or whatever. Is it going to make a difference? No. I mean, you eat, if I take a, if I eat protein that's got a ninety score and you eat protein that's got a hundred score, uh, it's, we're not going to notice. Um, especially if I'm consuming, you know, if I'm a two hundred pound guy and I'm consuming two hundred grams of protein, that's another thing. Like one of the reasons why relatively high protein diets probably work is that might be one of the reasons. Um, if you're eating a relatively high protein diet, 
this this has no concern to you. If you're eating a low protein diet, this might be more important. You know what I mean? Yeah, this would probably be more important for somebody that's on a ketogenic diet, right? Yeah. Somebody who's in a low low to moderate protein like the it's, medical ketogenic diet yes yeah maybe yeah, yeah. yeah if you're on a medical ketogenic diet where you're you're right on the borderline of 0.6 grams of protein not even they're less i mean yeah. the, the medical protein like intake 0.5 is, to 0.6 with that no they'll, they'll tell them to take even less like 60 grams to 70 grams of protein yeah. a day really for an adult. Yeah, really are you sure low. about that for the medical one like Pretty if you sure. if you're like epileptic or oh, i still thought it was a 0.5 to 0.6 no that yeah. would be more for uh, you know the average person but if you're going to the doctor and the doctor specifically tells you we need to put you on a ketogenic diet they want everything out of the way to make you go, you know, into ketosis, and and they'll they'll make you limit your protein intake even to like seventy grams a day, I think, or fifty grams a day. Mm-hmm. But that would make it more important. But for the rest of us, I mean, if you're the if you're if you're one of our listeners, you probably consume too much protein. Um, it, <laughs> bioavailability. This is true. That's not a factor you need to really. Consider. And it's really not a factor to some on some bullshit supplement company that's using that as a no, ploy to get you to buy. Like, what they it's like do, net carbs. It's like all these buzz terms. Yeah. yeah. What you need to understand is what supplement companies do is they spend you know x amount of time developing their product, and then they spend x amount way more time uh, figuring out how they're going to sell that product. Yeah. And one of the things that they do, and I know, I mean, I know this very well. I was, I, I directed sales for a long time for, you know, fitness organizations. And when you're trying to sell a product, uh, even if you believe in your product and your product is great, you need to have, you know, hooks, you need to have terms, you need to have things that you can explain very simply and, you know, little key terms. And if I have whey protein and Justin has whey protein, how am I going to differentiate mine? One way is through price, but let's say they're both the same price. Well, now what do I do? I'm going to say mine is more, has higher bioavailability or mine is, you know, cold filtered. So that means it's, you know, less denatured or I'm going to come up with all this baloney to try to sell you on why my product is better when in reality, they're both crap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Both products are crap. Mine would probably be like Reese's Pieces. It, it's all crap. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. In in, re, in reality, a, a chicken breast or a piece of steak <laughs> beats all of them. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ten times. Right? Ten times. Real, real food all day long. Listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. And don't forget to go to mindpumpmedia.com. We now have Maps Anywhere available. It's our at-home Maps program, the only at-home program that will probably put some muscle on you. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.